0: Welcome everyone to the Living Parables Podcast, where we uncover spiritual truth and lessons God has given us through His Word and our own life stories. I am Nate, your host. To all the listeners tuning in the show, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I appreciate each and every single one of you, and now let us begin. Well, I'd like to welcome you back to a brand new week, brand new episode. I pray that God has blessed you this week. And so, uh, before we go any farther, I pray uh, for my uh, friend and brother in Christ. His name is Bill. Uh, if you keep him and his wife in your prayers, they just found out his wife had Bell's palsy. So uh, they are in recovery, and just pray that the Lord would, you know, keep His loving hand and arms around them at this time and help them to. Not only uh, have him care for her, but also that she would have the patience and endurance to get through this. And that they would trust God through it all. And that's, that's all that we can do sometimes. So just lift them up in prayer. So I would really appreciate that. Which actually leads us now to this episode, which is an episode on prayer. We've talked about prayer before. And this is going to be a little bit more giving you my thoughts on a big situation that happened a few weeks ago, but also talking about prayer in general and how we can pray better and how we can be patient and wait for the Lord in those respects. So I guess to start off first and foremost... How did you start your morning off? Did you wake up, grab a cup of joe, and drive into work? Maybe you had some breakfast. I don't know. Whatever it is your morning routine is, the biggest question is this. Was prayer involved? Because if you don't start your morning off with prayer... You're not starting your day off right. The first thing you need to do in the morning when you open your eyes is to thank God for a new day. Ask Him to help you throughout the day. And it doesn't need to be a 50-minute prayer. Some people use their drive time as a time of prayer. So, So that is something that people can utilize when they have a really crazy day ahead of them. Now, if that's the first thing you need to do when you wake up in the morning, the last thing you need to do before you shut your eyes is to pray. Now, a lot of people will use the excuse, well, I'm too busy. And that is the main villain in the story of prayer is too busy. It's our arch nemesis. It's what we struggle with the most. And Satan does a very, very good job keeping people busy. And it's happened to me. It's happened to people all around me. So it's not like you're the only one that would ever go through that. And there are times in our lives, unfortunately, and it shouldn't happen, but it is is—it is unfortunately the case... But there are many times in our lives where we go through lulls in our prayer life. And we wonder why. It was funny the other day, I was going through my notes on my phone because there's there's text messages I sent myself in the past. And, well, and I currently still do that when I have some thoughts I want to write down. But one of the things that I, I wrote down was this. If your prayer life or any aspect of your spiritual life seems dry, it's because you're not saturated in the Word of God. I'm going to say that one more time. If your prayer life or any aspect of your spiritual life is dry, it's because you're not saturated in the Word of God. The Word of God is what needs to dwell in us richly. Not to dwell in us poorly. That was the choice of words used in Colossians 3.16. Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you. Well, it can't richly dwell in you if you only read it five minutes a week. And I've said it before, I'll say it again. You can't get by and you can't grow spiritually if you're not in the word. Yeah, or if you're only in the Word just a fraction of the time that God has given you throughout the course of a day. You can't get closer to God just on Sundays alone. You can't get close to God just by listening to this podcast alone. It, God says it very clearly. Draw near to me, and I will draw near to you. You can find that in the book of James. It's very, very clear. However, there are many times in our lives where we don't draw near to Him. That, that requires us to make an effort. And one of the things that we do is we pray. We pray that God would open up the Scriptures to us and to have the power of the Holy Spirit make His will, or what He wants us to know, known. And the Holy Spirit is the revealer of Scripture. He is the illuminator. He is the way we understand what is in the Scriptures. And He also gives us the mind of Christ. That is what is so powerful about being a believer. But far too many times we lull in our spiritual lives, in our walk with the Lord. What we tend to do is we skate by on, well, I I went to church on Sunday. I got my God fix in and therefore I am good for the week. And then we go about our lives. So we raise our hands up in church on Sundays. If you're that kind of person, I'm, you know, I'm just going to let you in a little bit. I'm not one of the hand raisers. That's okay. And that's okay if you are as well. And. We go in there, we lift our hands, we listen to the songs, we sing along. Sometimes if you're a guy, we don't like to sing along. I don't know why, but we sometimes resist it. We listen to a sermon for 30 minutes, and then we feel good about ourselves. We feel energized. We feel a little closer to God, and then here comes Monday, and you know, you're know you swearing in traffic because someone cut you off, or you're following somebody, and you're... you're You're very late to work and this person behind you is going five miles underneath the speed limit. Is that anybody here? Okay, You know exactly what I'm talking about. So we go through what we like to call hills and valleys. And honestly, we need to be always moving forward. Always moving forward. Not lulling in this time of grace that we have been given. We can't waste time. And oftentimes we do. So I'm going to take that and I'm going to transition it to kind of the main topic I wanted to discuss today. Is the story with Damar Hamlin. if you don't know who that is, that is a... Bill's safety that basically died on the field. We're going to go into those details in just a minute. So I want to bring this to everybody's attention because something tragic and beautiful happened all at the same time on that night. If you are an American football fan, and I say that because we have listeners overseas, so all those listening overseas in uh, different countries other than the United States God bless you all and thank you guys so much for your support and listening and uh, we're, we're in this together aren't we I mean there's there's no race outside of the human race so we're all God's children and it, it's so beautiful to see and so if anybody also has anything they like to add or maybe some stories they like to share please email me at livingparablestruth at gmail.com I'd love to hear from you so Getting back to it. January 2nd, 2023. I actually was not watching the game. I'll be honest with you. I'm I'm a huge football fan. And my team wasn't playing that night. But I usually watch the games anyway. And for just some reason, unbeknownst to me, I still can't remember what it was. But I was doing something else other than watching the game. And my son made a comment to me. He said, "Dad, you hear about the, the player? He got hurt." And I'm like, uh, "I heard of it, but it was actually the wrong guy I was thinking of." So, what happened was, is I got on my phone, and Twitter was just exploding. I mean, it was exploding to the point where it said, "You know," it says, "Prayers up, prayers up for Hamlin." And, you know, they said scary. And I'm just like, what is going on? So I I, I get all into this. And it, for those of you that don't know, what happened was is, and I don't know all the, you know, scientific and biological uh, effects that happened that night. But essentially what happened was, It was a uh, seemingly a routine football play. He took a hard shot to the chest, and and he suffered cardiac arrest. So he stood up from the hit, got up, and within a couple seconds, he fell back and was unconscious. So also by the grace of God, the medical team rushed out, and quickly perform CPR on him. Now, CPR anytime that's happening, that's a very very big issue, but here's the reality. They were doing that to him for 9 straight minutes until they got him in the ambulance. That's a very scary scene. So putting that in perspective for everybody that's, you know, can visualize that, uh, that's a very scary thing and and very very rarely I mean, very rarely do you see that on TV. I mean, we see it in TV shows, and we know that they're acting, and we we all know, we all know that. But this is real life. This is a, this is a game meant for children, and now it's turned into a horror scene. I mean, this is not this is not acting. This isn't this isn't theater. This is real life stuff, and. The players that are closest to him are shook to the absolute core. They don't know what to do. their Their, their eyes are just all around, are all red, and they're 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 scared, and they they don't know what to do. And one of the most jaw dropping things I've seen in quite some time is both teams now. The teams that were playing that night were the Bills and the Bengals. And actually, the Bengals are one of my team's greatest rivals. But, see, all that stuff didn't matter at that time. So what happened was, is they all, as a whole entire organization, both the Bills and the Bengals, got on their knees and prayed which is the absolute right response. Now, I can tell you right now that not every member of both organizations are all Christians. I can just tell you that right now. And there's a few points I'm going to make with this situation here in a minute, but they all got on their knees. Coaches, other staff members, players... They all got to their knees, and they were all praying to God. Some of them may not know God. Some of them I know for a fact that they do. Because this is not televised, but before and after every single game, usually, usually, but before and after every single game, Players will go, and they will go in a prayer circle and pray before the game. And what's beautiful, though, and this is what I love the most. Matter of fact, when I went to the Steelers game last December, not this past one, but the one before that, when I went to go to see that live, at the end of the game, they all got in a big circle and prayed. And usually some people in social media will tag it and say bigger than football. So it's a really special moment. So before and after the game you have certain people that actually pray which is great. But on that day everybody was praying. And every person that was on social media I mean not every single person but thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people were praying. And That night on ESPN, and I'm going to bring his name up, Dan Orlovsky prayed a prayer. I mean, they didn't know what to say. They didn't know what to do. They're not prepared for that type of moment. So he did what he thought was right, and it was right, as he lifted him up in prayer. Now, a few thoughts I have on this. That's how it should be for every person that's going through a very difficult time. Now, the spotlight was shown on Damar Hamlin's situation. Matter of fact, it, it encaptured um, how, what prayer should be. It should be everybody coming together for one purpose, for the benefit of others. So, in this case, it was Damar Hamlin. But on ESPN, that Dan Orlovsky prayed—he prayed a prayer. I mean, it was—it was a great prayer. Wasn't flashy. Wasn't anything you haven't heard before. But it was—it was—it was a bold prayer. See, they weren't worrying about being woke. They weren't worrying about uh, who's right politically, left or right. Uh, whose religious beliefs are what, they were praying to God Almighty. And we've said this before, and we're going to say it again. If you're not praying in Jesus' name, you're praying to the wrong God. Because there's only one true God, and that's the God whose Son is Jesus Christ. Do not get that mixed up. And whose third member, and just as co-equal to the Father and the Son as God, is the Holy Spirit. You cannot believe in God truly if you don't believe that the Son is God and that the Holy Spirit is God, just to make that clear. But what happened that night, they were praying, and they were praying in Jesus' name. And there are a lot of ESPN people that have to hide their Christianity because they can't say it out loud. But that day... That was the right thing to do. And that was the only thing to do. So the beauty of, of what transpired, although it was completely horrific, because you have to put yourself in that situation. What if that was you? And then to top it off, his mother was in the stands, going to watch her son play the game that he loves to play. Next thing you know, he's up and he's, and he's down. And people saw the medical staff giving CPR. It it got real, real quick. And so what I'm trying to say here are a few things. Number one, everybody did what their conscience was telling them to do. Because a lot of people do not, and I repeat this, a lot of people do not believe in God. We We know that. Some of those pl- players have never prayed in their life. Maybe to, to you know to get a better forty time, maybe to win the game, but they never prayed a prayer as much as they did at that moment. That's not passing judgment. That's just that's just what the truth is. It's just like anywhere you go, any job you work at, there's going to be people that don't believe in Jesus Christ that never prayed a prayer in their life that blame God for everything if they do. So what happened that night is he was taken to the hospital and, I mean, everybody was just praying and praying and praying. And actually, he had a charity for a toy drive. He was just trying to raise $2,500. It went in the millions. And my friend's... That's how it should be. That's how it should be. We should be people in prayer and looking to help anybody in any type of need. And I'm going to say this right now, not just because they are pro athletes. And I'm going to say this for the for the people that don't have a voice. There are people right now struggling There are people who are going through the absolute fire right now. There are wives who've lost their husbands who have to take up second jobs so that they can make ends meet for their multiple kids. There are husbands who lost their wives. And maybe that was their whole entire universe. Maybe they're maybe you just found out you're going through some health issues. Maybe maybe you're going through those things. And those people will not ne- and they will not and they will never get worldwide recognition. That's just a fact. So So what I'm trying to say here is, as terrible as that situation was, it was elevated to a whole new level because it had national media coverage. Now, the good thing about all this is that DeMar Hamlin is a Christian. As far as I know, he's a Christian. And so, with that... If he were not to have survived, he would have been in the presence of his Lord. Paul talks about this beautifully in Philippians. He says, far better to depart and be with Christ. So to live is Christ and to die is gain. That's what the world cannot understand about believers. Death is not the end-all, be-all. It's just the beginning. Now, whatever happened to DeMar Hamlin? Well, he made a full recovery. And I'll, I'll be honest, that night I had a hard time sleeping because it. the reality is this. The American people are blinded to the truth of death. We don't don't see it happen. We don't see it unfold. I know with my own grandmother, I watched her pass away, and that was very hard to watch. But she would believed in Jesus Christ, so... I mean, she was a straight shot to heaven. So... The truth is, is that we we are protected and, and really blinded from the realities of death. So we don't get to see that. But seeing Damar Hamlin, lifeless on the field, perform CPR, and the longer they do CPR, I'm, I'm just saying that it doesn't look good. It do, it's, It doesn't look good when you have to do CPR for that long. So he made a full recovery. Now people were praying, God, please don't take him. God, please let him live. So what you saw was a nation, just just for a moment, just for a moment, because there's so many attacks on God. There's there's so many um, blasphemies. There is so much ridicule and mockery of God, but during that time, people were desperately turning to God for an answer. Now, here's the beautiful part. God actually gave them the answer they wanted. Now, are the people that prayed for him are gonna turn, repent, and turn to the Lord for eternal life? I think that happened, for sure. I think that. Absolutely happened. And there are others that said, oh, that's a great story. And they went on, continue on with their sinful life. Do not let that be you. Because here's what we learned that night. All these millionaires went to their knees. These people that everybody idolizes Everybody puts on pedestals. Even some of the laws of this country don't apply to it in certain situations. They were brought down to their knees. Their money could not save DeMar Hamlin's life. And I'll give everybody credit here. They got to their knees, and that's following Sunday... I'm not sure how many teams did this, but a lot of teams got on one knee and were praying. See, it was funny, you know, about a decade or so ago, which is hard to believe it's been that long. You know, Tim Tebow was kneeling before games and praying. And that was a source of ridicule and mockery. And now when we do it here, it shows unity and, and faith. Which I thought was interesting. And that's, again, don't get me wrong. That is the absolute right thing to do. Do not get me wrong here. But the reality, my friends, is that God was exalted that day. God was exalted that day. And he was exalted to the place where he belongs. God is God, and we are not. We have no control over people's lives. Now, I will say this. Had those emergency medical team not been on the scene at the right time, he would have died. Now, a lot of people on Twitter and social media were saying, well, you know, God didn't really save his life. It was it was science and the medical team. The advances in, in the medical field, that's what did it. Okay. You don't think it was God's will for them to be there at that exact moment to respond in the way they did? And would God be justified in taking DeMar Hammond's life during that time? Yes. We've, taught, we've discussed that many times on this show. God is just and he can take us whenever he pleases. But what he did that day was he answered prayer. Prayer does work. And many people dropped to their knees and they prayed to a God they did not know. And maybe through this tragedy, God can be shown to Sinners. And I bet you DeMar Hamlin probably wanted it a different way. (laughs) He's like, well, actually, just put me on TV, let me preach, and and that can happen. But sometimes it it takes the tragedies. We always have to be mindful of that. And remember this. This is the scripture we're going to end with. Is this. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. Do not forget that. Power of prayer is evident, and it was clearly shown that day. Now, did the whole world turn to Christ for that? No, but I be, I believe a lot of people did. And because if you follow that story, he recovered, and actually, he's back with the team. You know, he's not allowed to play, but he's been at the facility every single day. There are some people that that were not changed by that. That it was just a momentary um, joy of their brother on the field being okay. And that momentary emotion of, I'm just going to follow what everybody else is doing. But maybe that planted the seed in which they needed in order to gain what they needed to get to Christ. Paul says that I'll become all things to all people so that some may be saved. I mean, that's paraphrasing, but whatever it takes, whatever it takes. So is prayer relevant today? Yes. And I'm going to leave you with this last, last thought here and then we're going to close. There was a story of a lady who said to a pastor... And she'd been a Christian for 20, 30 years. I have given up praying because prayer doesn't work because God doesn't give me what I want. He doesn't answer me the way I want him to. And it just doesn't work. And the pastor being offended by that, asked for these questions in which we've actually discussed. Okay, so you say it doesn't work, right? Yep, absolutely doesn't work. Okay, so were you praying for things to be in line with the will of God? Were you praying with your emotions? Have you been in the Word of God? Do you pray prayers that are aligned with God's will and His Word? If the answer is no, well, it's no wonder why it doesn't work, because it doesn't say in the Bible that if you pray with faith, that God's going to give you everything you want. Now, if you pray in alignment with God's will, he will answer it. But if it's not within God's will, guess what he's going to say? No. Because God as a father and any good father says no to their children. So I might ask for a, you know, a vintage Ferrari, Kind of like on Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Okay. I might ask for that. But is that really in line with God's will? Is that going to make me grow in the fruits of the Spirit? Is that going to lead me to love Christ more, to obey Him more, to honor Him, and serve Him better? I don't think so. It's for selfish purposes. Now, is it okay to pray for people who are sick and have health issues, absolutely. Bring them to the Lord, bring them to the Lord, bring them to the Lord. Persistence, persistence, persistence every single day. I used to pray a prayer when I was about 13 to 14 years old because that's when I got glasses, and glasses back when I was a kid was not, and I repeat, was not popular. Today, the thicker the, the lenses and the thicker the outside frame, I should say, is popular. It's cool. Back when I was a kid, you wore glasses. um, You were the weird kid. (laughs) Um, I was worrying about what people thought, but you know what I mean. So the truth is, I was praying that God would grant me better eyesight, that he would help my eyes be cured of that because my eyesight was terrible. Now, I stopped praying that prayer, but you know what happened about now, almost a year ago? I had laser eye surgery. And you know what? Is that answered prayer? Could be. Could be. But let me tell you something. God answers prayer. And God answers prayer, and he honors prayer that is aligned with his will and his word. And what's beautiful is that we have the Holy Spirit, who is our helper, that he takes our prayers who are not perfect, and he makes them into a sweet aroma of perfection to the Lord. That's beautiful. So if your prayer life has been lulling, it's been ho-hum, it's been... uh, lukewarm. Just talk to God how you would, I mean, well, obviously with reverence. Just say, Lord, I have I have not prayed. My prayer life has been awful. And all, I just want to get better, Lord. I want to be better for you because I love you. He's going to honor that. And then you start getting in his word because what's going to happen is when you get in the word of God and you start getting convicted of the word of God because it convicts you and an aspect of your life that's not lining up with His holiness, you'll read that, you'll feel repentant, You rep- and then in prayer you will repent of that and ask God to make you like that or help me turn away from it. It's amazing. So prayer is so vital to the life of a Christian. You can't be a Christian without prayer. You can't. So with that, after this is over, pray. Pray. Pray to God. And you know what? Sometimes you just need to pray to God and just tell him you love him. When was the last time we prayed that kind of prayer? Lord, I don't want anything. I do want you to help the people that in my circle right now that are struggling or hurting. But right now, Lord, I just want to make this about your relationship and mine. I love you, and that's all I want to say. I love you. Thank you for sending me your son who died on my behalf so that I don't have to die the second death, so that I don't have to experience wrath and judgment. But he took that from me so that I can become your son. Thank you for making your son sin so that I don't have to experience that and for giving me his righteousness that I don't deserve. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. That's it. So with that being said, I pray that the Lord blesses and keeps you and gives you peace. And remember, everything is in Christ, with Christ, and for Christ. And until next time, God bless you all.